1: Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Matt Addison with Paul Gorst, Dan Kaye and David Lynch alongside me. We'll be previewing the Merseyside derby very shortly and of course we'll take a quick look back at the excellent victory over RB Leipzig in Budapest as well. We'll pick our teams for tomorrow's games as well at the end of the show and make our score predictions, but plenty to go over before then. Before we get on to the main event, of course, Liverpool versus Everton. Gorstie, let's start with Tuesday night's game in the Champions League. The Champions League is back and seemingly so are Liverpool.
2: Maybe, maybe. Um, I think I think Liverpool were able to get the result he did because it's a game that they don't really play in much, if that makes sense. It was a team who backed themselves to, to go go up, head to head against Liverpool and were happy to kind of commit men forward, you know, with the likes of, of Angelino, who's, who's one of RB Leipzig's better players. But he's a left-back and on the amount of times he was trying to get in, into the box, into the penalty area, then and add to what has been a bit of an impressive goal tally this season, that that played into Liverpool's hands, I think. And and I think um, if you look at Liverpool's games over the last few months, starting with that West Brom game on the 27th of December, teams have been able to work out Liverpool by sticking 10 and 11 men behind the ball, staying in the game, working hard and waiting for chances to inevitably uh, open up. And, and this was a... Completely different game. Uh, Liverpool were content to kind of play on the counter the sack for the first 20, 25 minutes and then uh, punished Leipzig in the second half with a couple of mistakes uh, quite ruthlessly, really. Uh, we haven't been able to say that much of of Liverpool of late. Um, we've seen, you know, Guilthead's chances uh, come and go. But um, it was uh, a very good result. A little bit unfair to Leipzig that they had to play the, the home leg in a stadium that I'm not sure that they've ever played in. Um, certainly Liverpool hadn't. So it's... Um, that was just the way that the cookie crumbles, I suppose. Liverpool won't uh, be moaning too much about that. They'll just take the 2-0 win and uh, one foot in the quarterfinals.
1: How important is it, down that Liverpool do go quite a, a long way in this competition this season? We know what's happened in the Premier League. As Gorsley says, this was a, a different type of match and a, almost a, a bit of a, an opportunity to, to stop thinking about the Premier League for a second and, and just have a, a little bit of a, a go at Leipzig.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important that... <laughs> Yeah, you know, Liverpool have something else to focus on apart from you know the what's now looking like a you know a flawed or what will be an unsuccessful defense of, of the Premier League title. Obviously, we know that was always the ambition from the start. You know, Roy Keane's comments the other week when he was going, uh, Oh, I never heard anyone from Liverpool saying they wanted to retain it. Every everyone was saying, virtually every, every single player, as soon as he won the league, and the manager was saying that. But obviously, he's got his own axe to grind there, and, and, and good luck to him. Um, it was i was struck watching the game particularly but most i think possibly the, the day before or possibly or maybe maybe the monday had put a tweet out on his social media basically you know a kind of rallying cry and saying you know we 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 do not want this season to be defined by what's happened in recent in recent weeks and it was very much a performance of a team that knew that they had an opportunity here to give <clears throat> some longevity some hope some belief back into the season and, you know, as we've seen in, in the last couple of months when Liverpool have been on this kind of glass mountain where, you know, one bad thing turns into another, momentum can very much shift the other way. Success breeds success. And, you know, as Gorsi said, they've got, they've got one foot in the quarterfinals now. Obviously, it remains to be seen where that second leg will be played. And, you know, as, as, you know, we're all very much aware that pandemic football has kind of reduced home advantage. So, you know, Liverpool can't take anything for granted. But... If Liverpool can get themselves into you know knockout football in April, I think it's inevitable. We, you, there will hopefully be some knock-on positive effects in the Premier League form as well. Because it be, you know people had their hearts set on Liverpool retaining the league so that we could have a parade to celebrate last year's title. Now, you know, if I think we'd have been glad if Liverpool won the League Cup this year, just have any excuse for a for a jolly around the city. But if they could if they could get go far in the Champions League and, and ideally win it. Obviously, that would get the, the opportunity to have that kind of double whammy. But as as, as much as anything else, I just think it, it, it brings a bit of hope and a bit of belief because they've just, they've just looked like there's been an awful lot of tired, tired legs and tired minds at Anfield recently. And winning is one of the old axioms of football. Winning makes you less tired.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mohamed Salah coming up there in, in what Dan's saying, David. I mean... I did the maths on this the other day and if Liverpool were to, to get to the Champions League final and he was to play in all of their remaining matches to continue scoring at the rate he is this season, he'd end up with 38, which would, of course, be not far short of, of what he got the, the 44 in his first season. I mean, for him to to be doing that and, and dragging this team forward, as Dan says there, is, is that extra impressive given the sort of struggles that Liverpool have had, that Mohamed Salah has still essentially just continued his world-class ability and, and world-class abilities in front of goal in particular
3: yeah i mean it sort of came from bit as a bit of a surprise i suppose when he um sort of surpassed last season's total by scoring there in leipzig because you just he didn't he didn't feel like last season he had a particularly poor year or anything like that um he was a major part of that title success and and you know he also went you know deepish in the champions league as well it's um you yeah, know was a bit of a surprise really um but it just shows out how influential he's been this season and the fact that he is he is dragging the team along the times. So, um, you know they haven't they're not the creative force. So they haven't been in in recent weeks and months. Uh, they haven't been the creative force they were. And, and so for him to still be getting all these goals just shows just what a high quality player is. What I what I quite liked about his performance as well in Leipzig and, and Klopp touched on this in his press conference was that you know he seems to spend half the game at, at right back helping out Trent Alexander Arnold as well. And he you know the fact he, he, that tweet sort of that he, he doesn't really sort of speak out that often about the pool related things, you know, post the odd, post-match the post pick or stuff like that. But he, he doesn't really sort of make big statements like he did. But the fact he did and then backed it up with a performance like that, that was not just scoring a goal, but working his nuts off. He was absolutely brilliant, I thought. It um, just says a lot about him as a character as well as a goal scorer. So, um, yeah, it's great, great to have him in this sort of form as well. And, you know, that... His form at the moment is something that makes you think it, it isn't sort of out of the question for Liverpool to go and, go on and win the Champions League this season. I know they've been off colour in the, in the Premier League and haven't been quite themselves, and that that's pretty much decided now. I think that City are going to win it. But in the Champions League, with the players they've got, the quality and the mentality and the winning experience they've got throughout the team, if they can just get a little bit of consistency at the back and then you've got players like Mohamed Salah and Sally Omani up front, then you know, you've got a real, real chance of winning the European silverware as well.
1: Yeah, Gourste, I mean, Lynch, you said there about defensive stability being a big thing. I think, as well as Mohamed Salah, it was a big performance for, for Ozan Kabak as well. He didn't have loads and loads to do, but what he did, he, he seemed to, to do really well, which, off the back of what happened on his debut, I suppose it was a, a positive sign that he managed to to bounce back almost from that.
2: Yeah, I think so. And and I think, uh, I, I thought for, for most of the game, he was solid against Leicester as well. I think, um, I, I, I could see Klopp's explanation for why that Leicester goal went in when he said that, um, He's kind of just not used to defending how we defend. You know, everyone knows that Alisson is the sweeper-keeper and, and if he can come and get it, then, then he will. And obviously, playing with him every week, Alexis Van Dyke and, and Gomez will know that. But um, I thought it was a little bit unfair on, on him to, to level any kind of blame for that goal against him, I thought. Um, when when your keeper's rushing 20, 25 yards from the goal and, and taking it out, I think you've got to lay the blame at the keeper's door even if, you know, you, you can't make mitigation for for the way they like to defend. So, I thought he was he was solid enough against Leicester, up against Jamie Vardy. Vardy uh, had obviously the, the chance in the first half when he hit the bar, but other than that, you know, for, for large parts, he, he's, he's kept them quiet and, you know, we know that Vardy, probably for me, top ten of all time in, in the Premier League in terms of centre-forwards. And then uh, he was he was equally solid, um, if not better, against Leipzig on, um, on Tuesday night. It's... Um, doesn't seem to do anything spectacular. He just gets his blocks in, he gets his headers and his tackles. And when he is in, in possession, he just kind of plays it out to um, Trent Alexander Arnold, who you know, I think most Liverpool supporters would want him on the ball, wouldn't he? So um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a massive three months in the career of him actually, and it, it's um, it's coming early on. He's only just turned twenty, and he's almost got a three month audition now for Liverpool. And if he passes it, then he'll become a Liverpool player on what you would imagine would be a five year deal, and then he can learn and grow and, and develop alongside Van Dijk and Gomez and, you know, Joel Matter. Uh, and if it's one that uh, doesn't quite go to plan, then he's, he's going to go back to Schalke, who could be facing Bundesliga relegation and are and likely to be um, hosting something of a fire sale given their financial problems. So it's a huge three months for him and, and tomorrow uh, is, is one of the, the biggest games he'll play in.
1: Yeah, Jurgen Klopp Dan was suggesting that you know he he deserves praise on Kabak for the way he's come in and and performed it in the way that he has done over the first couple of games, and I suppose he's not going to say anything other than that because he's going to have to to rely on this player considerably over the next few months, as Gosty said. But you know how impressed have you been? Because I think it is worth emphasising, isn't it, that he is just twenty years old. He's never played for a club like Liverpool, not even a, a club that plays like Liverpool. I'm sure you mm-hmm. know playing for for Schalke is very very different to to playing for Jurgen. Klopp's teams.
0: I've been really impressed with him, particularly obviously on, on the back of on the back of Tuesday night. He, 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 he and he was pretty solid on on Saturday. You know, it, it's you know I think, though obviously there was the unfortunate incident with the second goal that I think really you have to put down largely to the goalkeeper. When you've got new players coming in and obviously an unsettled back four, which is what Liverpool have had throughout the season, those kind of things are going to happen. But you know, there's. There's good times and less good times to come into a football club. I always you know, look back at the, the summer of 2014 after Liverpool had obviously come so close to winning the league then. And even if the, the recruitment that summer obviously wasn't ideal, I've always kind of thought, well, I think anyone would have had a job on their hands to come and change things. Because just the general food, the general mood and feel around the club was obviously pretty despondent. And the way things have gone, obviously, over the last couple of months, well, certainly since since just before Christmas, it can't have been an easy situation to come in, uh, you know, for a young lad, foreign country, 20 years old. Um, and I think so far, playing alongside Jordan Henderson, he's done very, very well. He was very assured. Of one slight he, he picked up a booking, didn't he, for a slightly rash tackle midway through the second half, which I remember kind of chuckling to myself because literally about two minutes before, he'd showed real composure and kind of held back when he could have dived in and shepherd someone, shepherded someone out. I mean, so you're going to get that with... With young defenders. He, he has very much been helped, of course, by playing alongside Jordan Henderson, although who, even if he isn't a natural centre half, obviously is such a fantastic leader and has done a, you know a, a, an incredible job really trying to shepherd the back four and the team through this difficult this difficult spell. <clears throat> the fact that Liverpool brought Kabak in alongside Ben Davis at the same time at the end of the transfer window, you know, would allude to would suggest that maybe they will play as a partnership at some point. And I think that's when we'll really find out what the measure of Kabak is when he maybe has to take the lead. Even if obviously I know Davies is is five years older than him, but Kabak is you know is already an international, isn't he? Um, I, I would very much doubt that would be tomorrow. I think that, I think that would be maybe a, a little bit t- too much of a leap of faith to throw Davies in for a debut and to have what what would it be the eighteenth centre back partnership of the season um, in, in a Merseyside derby. But you know, looking at Liverpool's fixtures, <clears throat> you know that. There's no easy games, but they've had an awful lot of big games back-to-back. And Klopp may look at some of the fixtures coming up and, and what's the point of bringing the two of them in if they're not going to play together and you can release Fabinho and Henderson back into the midfield um, where obviously they've been really missed. So I, I think that really will be the, the true kind of measure of, of whether cabat has got a future at the club. But so far, you know, I think the, the initial signs have been overwhelmingly positive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to the, the main event then, Liverpool versus Everton. I'm sure Ozan Kabak will play a part in that one, but there will not be any Fabinho Gosty. But at the same time, Alisson is fit. There had been a, a little bit of a scare over him. He was missing from the, the training pitches that we saw yesterday. But it's almost one boost and one blow for the Reds for tomorrow.
2: It is, um, but thankfully it's, it's, um, it's nothing new. Is it? I mean, I think we knew... Before the game, that well, we certainly knew that Fabinho was a doubt, and I was never convinced that he was gonna he was gonna play, and and the Allison stuff, um, it just wasn't pitched in training, was he? Which uh, is sometimes a bit of a giveaway, but uh, not always. And and Klopp just said uh, that he, that he's fine, and, and that was all that he had to say in the press conference. So, um I think we're going to be lining up with with the team that most people expected, um until so we uh, find out tomorrow afternoon that there's been an injury to someone new, as it seems <laughs> to be the case with pretty much every game at the moment. Um, so I, I, th- I think Liverpool have, have got enough to um, to get a result. Um, obviously, we all know about <clears throat> about the, the recent record at Anfield and, and Everton's historic record at Anfield. But um, I just think the Liverpool showed a little bit more um, of what they're capable of. Uh, looked a little bit more like their old selves on Tuesday night, and hopefully that will breathe a lot of confidence back into a team who. Um, we haven't had any of it after for the best part of two months. Um, we've seen so many games that have, have been so evident about that. So, um, yeah, and, and particularly, as Lynchy says, with Salah in the ranks at the moment, you know, they've got every chance.
1: The other thing, of course, that will be missing, Lynchy is, is fans, it's not just for Benio that Liverpool are missing, but in a game like this, is it almost as big a miss, do you think, for, for Liverpool to be without those supporters? Because, you know, we've seen so many times over the years how difficult Everton have found it coming to Anfield.
3: Yeah, well I think I think back to the, the sort of FA Cup game last season and, and the the influence fans had on that because Everton had out what was basically a first team and, and Liverpool was a mixture of youngsters and, and sort of fringe players and still Everton just couldn't get over the line, they just couldn't perform like they usually could. He couldn't, you know, they couldn't make it difficult for a, a team of kids basically. So it just shows you what, what influence Anfield as a whole has. And we've seen this season obviously looking at Manchester City's result, they finally ended their hoodoo at Anfield. It'd been how many years since they've won there and they, they finally got the win. Largely, I imagine, because, you know, playing in front of no fans and not having that pressure on you when you when you give the ball away, or, you know, that sudden panic that that fans can induce when they get off the seats. Um, that that's got to be a massive factor, I think, for Everton they've got to be going into this thinking, you know, what a huge opportunity this is. I know they're not in particularly fantastic form, but you know, neither were Liverpool. You know, taking the form of the last ten games or so. So, um, you know, to to go there and face the Liverpool side, it was still a little bit uncertain. Despite getting a decent result last time out, and then knowing that you're not going to have the fans on your back, it's a it's a huge opportunity for them at Anfield. It makes it a lot more difficult for Liverpool.
1: Yeah, I think Jurgen Klopp earlier Dan, suggested that nothing would be carried over from the uh, the Goodison Park game. Of course, mm-hmm. when Virgil Van Dijk got injured, there'd be no sort of uh, you know. It, Putting right the, the wrongs of that, if you like, from, from Liverpool's side of things. I mean, do you think that will be the case for the players? I suppose it, it does make it easier for Liverpool to, to do that because there'll be no fans. I'm sure fans wouldn't have forgotten, but of course fans won't be won't be involved tomorrow.
0: No, I mean <clears throat> Klopp's got to say something like that, hasn't he? He can't come out before the, the day before the game and say, Yeah, we're gonna make we're gonna make a set of pick Pickford and Richarlison because because we've still got a ship on our shoulder about what happened in October. Um, you know, as, as Lynchy said, no, no supporters is is a is a major is a major deal, particularly for a, for a team like Liverpool. I mean, people you can talk about it till the cows come home, but there are certain teams and certain players that, that will respond better to having no crowds, and other teams that will miss it more. And uh, you know, I, I don't think it's being biased or obtuse or, or anything. To, to 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 everything we know about Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool has been based on that that intense bond between the players and the fans, and we've seen it for the last five or six years. So, you know, a blind man can see that that has been a fun, you know, one of the fundamental things that's been missing and and has, has had an effect on Liverpool this season. <clears throat> it's four months ago, a lot of water has gone under the bridge. Obviously, we, you know, we've, we've seen the pictures today of Van Dijk and Gomez back together, training in Kirby, and obviously that's given everybody a lovely lift. But the reality is we're very unlikely to see either of them on the pitch again this season. You know, the bottom line is Liverpool need the three points. You know, it, 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 in, in Premier League terms, <clears throat> they, they've been on a dreadful run since just before Christmas. And it's not just Everton they need to worry about. There's, there's you know, there's, there's well, they're eighth eight, in eight the table at the moment. And there's plenty of teams that that, that will be looking at Liverpool and thinking they can they can potentially finish above them. So I think, you know, it's, it, a derby is a derby, whether it's played in front of 55,000 or five men in a park, or, you know, or, or, or five journalists in the ground, whatever it may be tomorrow. The fans won't be there in 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 the flesh, but everybody on both sides will know that there'll be millions all around the world living and breathing every kick of it. And you know, I'm sure that will be that will be very much a part of Jurgen Klopp's team talk beforehand and the players' mentality. But you know, it's, it's the old cliche, but they've got to make sure they play the game, not the occasion, which might be slightly easier to do because there's no fans there. Um, but you know, it, it's it won't be easy. You know. I, I feel like I've said this before every derby for about the last ten years. I always have this horrible feeling miss done with the Everton Jew (laughs) one. You know, they haven't won one this century. And it's gonna happen eventually, you'd think at some point, but I really hope it's not tomorrow.
1: Yeah, the, the, the game is always important, Gorsdia, as Dan says there, that the importance we don't even need to talk about. But is it almost added to this season because both teams are, are trying to get into the, those European places? I'm sure you know quite a lot of, of Everton fans might fancy the chances this season of all seasons to get into that top four. Does that add anything to the game or, or is this game just so big that it doesn't really need anything adding to it?
2: Oh, no, I, I think it, it definitely adds something to it. I've written something in, in the Bloodray column this week that it's probably the the most important derby since the, the FA Cup final, uh, semi-final rather, which was nine years ago. So um it, it's huge. Uh, and I just think given the things that have gone wrong for Liverpool this season, I mean, <clears throat> normally Everton fans kind of trot across Stanley Park with the, um, the almost acceptance that, that it's not going to be their day and, and maybe last year's FA Cup game was the one where they thought, OK, this is finally going to be our day. We're going to be playing a team of, of academy graduates and, and we can finally and that miserable run. and I don't know, a lot of fans at the time were, were hoping that Klopp was going to play a strong team just because of how proud that record is, and, and rightly so. Um, but I think Everton fans probably, when they lost that game, you probably wouldn't have expected another Anfield derby that um, would have been as inviting um, you know, to come along so quickly, but it's the very next one. Um, and this is probably, well, it's certainly the, obviously the best chance since that game, but it's probably the best chance in the Premier League for years, given Liverpool's Poor run at home, the the lack of fans in the ground, the injury crisis, um, the fact that they're now managed by an elite coach um, on a a bit of a sticky pass themselves, but they've still got hopes of um, finishing in the top four as well. So, um, yeah, this is a really, really big derby. And as I say, probably the biggest one since um, big Andy Carroll nodded in at Wembley in 2012.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: It's almost a big opportunity for Everton, isn't it, Lynchy? I mean, Liverpool haven't won at home now for more than two months. They've played five games since then, drawn two and lost three. If Everton were ever going to win a derby, surely they've got to be thinking that it's going to be this one.
3: Yeah, and I think this is, you know, looking at the league table as a whole as well, they're very close, obviously, the last couple of defeats for Everton. I mean, we can't lead Liverpool with a win unless it's, I think it's about 10-0 or something like that, which I can't see happening either way. Um, but, yeah, you know, if they, if they want to finish up all Liverpool in the table, they, they need to be winning this game, really. They need to be closing that gap. And I don't think, you know, from, from, from Everton's perspective, there's not a lot of excuses not to. You know, everything that possibly could have gone wrong for Liverpool this season seems to have. You know, not just the injuries, but I'm thinking some of the crazy VAR interventions that have gone against them. And, you know, the offsides where it just comes down to sheer a flip of the coin and, and look that's, that's gone against Liverpool. So, this is a big opportunity for Everton to sort of show that they're serious under Carlo Ancelotti. He's a, you know, he's a, a little while into the job now. He's had long enough to sort of put a team together and, and know his tactics. And you want to be showing that they can be up there and be a top four side under Carlo Ancelotti. And, and Liverpool and the current guys are not, you know, they're not the top title challenging team that they were in, in recent years. They're, they're a top four outfit themselves. So, you know, it's a, it's a big game for them to sort of try and, and prove a point about where they are in their development and their... Uh, yeah, Like we said, there's not going to be a much better opportunity for them to win a, an Merseyside side derby at Anfield and, and also to, to finish up with Liverpool this season. So they really need to take it.
1: I think they're, they're probably going to come to, to Anfield, Dan, and, and sit deep, try and counter-attack Liverpool. And that is something that Liverpool have struggled with of late, particularly at home. It, is that a worry at all? Or, or do you see it more the other way of an opportunity, really, for Liverpool to show that actually they are back and they can break down these low blocks?
0: Yeah, I mean, as was mentioned earlier on, you know, in the podcast, that was what Gorgui said it, That was one of the things that helped Liverpool a bit on Tuesday night. That Leipzig did come out a, a, a little bit to play, you know. And there has been really a proven template of how to how to play against Liverpool in recent times: uh, sit deep, frustrate, and, and wait for mistakes to happen. And this is where you know you've, you've got to hope that Liverpool have have done some thinking and and, and, and have not necessarily reinvented the wheel. But have worked out that you know the, the vast majority of teams, that's how they're going to play against them. So that's where you've got to be patient and creative and thoughtful. And and I think more, more than anything, take take your chances where, where they come. You know, we've we've there's been a, I absolutely agree that this is Everton's best chance of winning a derby match at Anfield for for a long, long time. But there have been a number of occasions in the last 10, 15, 20 years when Liverpool, Liverpool, have gone into into a derby in a poor runner form, and Everton have struggled under that kind of weight of expectation from their own supporters. Um, now, obviously, you know none of them will be in the ground either tomorrow, but but it's very much there. Ancelotti will know it; their players will know it. You know the general narrative surrounding the game. You know it, every other podcast, whether it's red or blue, will be making the similar point that you know if Everton can't win a Derby at Anfield now, when well when, when can they? So it'll be interesting to see how they cope under the burden of that pressure and whether that might play into Liverpool's hands. But, you know, derbies are derbies are derbies. The, the, you know, <clears throat> I'm not, not going to say the form book goes out the window, but it's, you know, that they are a law into themselves. I the think I read somewhere before, it's 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 the most drawn fixture in Premier League history. I think we all knew about it, it has to have the most red cards, but I didn't realise it. it's actually been, the, you know, the, the match that, that has seen the most draws, which shows that, you know, even if, obviously, you know, in the Premier League era, how, how many times have Everton finished above Liverpool? Once, twice? You know, less than a handful, but, but derbies are a law unto themselves, and it's it's the, you know, it'll be the fine details in the crucial moments and who wins those vital passages of play that will determine um, what happens. But, you know, I don't think you can underestimate the value of Tuesday night, not just the performance, but, but even the clean sheet, you know, after having made the changes that they did. Even if that had finished 2-1, there was that little chance right at the end, it would have changed the whole dynamic, I think, and the, the mentality going into this weekend for the likes of, of, of Alisson, or particularly the goalkeeper, but all the defenders, to walk away from, from that with a clean sheet. Hopefully, they, you know, that will help help them grow in confidence and help them deal with you know whatever difficult moments they will face tomorrow, because they will be. That's, that's been the problem in recent weeks. It's not like Liverpool have played terribly for 90 minutes of every match. In quite a lot of the games, they've been all right. But as soon as one thing has gone against them, that kind of mental resilience that's been such a huge part of the last couple of years hasn't really been you know it, they've crumbled a little bit and 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 I understand why you know, I mean there's there's a a, a a variety of reasons why but we've just got to hope and pray Tuesday night was the start of getting that kind of the mentality monsters as they've been forever labeled back but you know it it, it, it will be a very very soft test and and it, there won't be much in it, I'm, I'm sure about that
1: We'll go into, into more detail on, on the teams that we expect to, to play, but has Curtis Jones impressed you enough, course to think that he simply has to, to start tomorrow? I thought he's been really, really excellent the last sort of few performances that, that he's put in for Liverpool.
2: Yeah, I don't think so, and, and, and I think the only way that you, you might not be starting is if Fabinho was fit, uh, and then you've got a question over whether you move Henderson back into midfield um, because yeah, he's been one of the one of the bright spots of the last few weeks alongside probably Salah. Um, He's really impressed me this season, the way he's he's adapted to a new role in midfield, his first full season in senior football. And we know he's a showman and he likes the tricks and the flicks and and he likes to run at defenders and and commit them and whatever else. But he's been asked to play a more disciplined game, more mature, just to kind of keep it simple at times, keep the midfield, take an overlook for the front man when possible and and leave all the kind of... um, fancy stuff to them if you like and he's just adapted to it really well and and Liverpool have got a player on the hands um he's only 20 he's going to be a Liverpool player for for the next 10 years I'm sure and um he's he's been he's been a um you know a, a, an interesting subplot to 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 what has been a, a bit of a wild season so um yeah for me he has to start and um there's some um some quotes from that will be online uh, tomorrow morning with him saying he's looking to do something special again against Everton which is uh, nice to hear him say because um, he's a confident lad and um, you don't want to see that kind of be taken out of his game even if he is asked to be a little bit more kind of um, conservative shall we say.
1: Yeah, I'll stay with you as well, Paul, because Thiago is, is another midfielder that I wanted to to touch upon. One of his best performances, I think, for, for Liverpool, it's fair to say, came at, at Goodison Park. It's another opportunity for, for him to stamp his mark on this game because there's not been too many opportunities for him to play at his absolute peak. But maybe tomorrow could be that with a, a bit of stability behind him if, if Henderson and Kabak play. It, it does start to to influence other parts of the pitch, Thiago included.
2: Yeah, I just think he's he's been so unlucky, hasn't he? I mean, he's only played once with the midfielders who we came to the club expecting to play alongside every week, hasn't he, with um, Henderson and, and Fabinho in the derby. And then we know what happened to Van Dijk and, and then what's happened to Gomez and just kind of had a knock-on effect. And and even Thiago himself in that game, that, you know, Liverpool are still counting the cost of that derby, aren't they, to be fair? You know, it should have been three points. They lost the, the main defender for, for the season. And Thiago only came back at the end of December when Liverpool really hit the, the sticky pass that they're in. So um i think we'll see the best of Tiago next season when everyone's fit and he's able to kind of to play his own natural game and he gets a full pre-season he's he's not suffering with injury or you know he he's well over the the covid that he had back in was it september so um yeah i, I, th- I think we'll we'll have to wait till next season to see the the best of him but um certainly tuesday night was a more encouraging performance
1: yeah, certainly been unlucky at times this season, and Another person that you could use that same word for is probably Naby Keita as well. Jochen Klopp detailing how he'd been ill this week just as he returned to training. I mean, I feel like I ask this question every single time I host the podcast. You know, Naby Keita is about to come back. Could he play this weekend? I mean, could he have a, an impact on the game? Could he have an impact for Liverpool going forward? Well, uh, on the
3: game itself, you would have thought possibly maybe. I think that was the idea behind him behind um, when he went to to play the game against Leipzig, obviously he wanted to get him fit. But then, in typical Navigator style, then suddenly gets an illness that that keeps him out of training for a couple of days. It's um, he's absolutely cursed. It seems. Um, it's been, you know, it's just, that's just typical of his Liverpool career so far. Just you know, at any moment you sort of hope you can rely on him. He, he gets an injury or, in this case, an illness, and then yeah, that, I hope you know. With Klopp saying he trained yesterday, I, I would think he would be in the squad and hopefully can maybe get some minutes off the bench for Liverpool a, a 5 0 up or something. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think it's important to sort of reintegrate him into the team as soon as possible. Not 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 necessarily because you know you know he hasn't had the impact that we would hope so far, but it's it's more about having some bodies available in midfield and, and a bit of uh, an ability to rotate in there because. What's been asked of Martin Martinaldum so far this season, for example, is, you know, he's, he's been absolutely superhuman, um, what he's got through in terms of minutes so far this season, and uh, just having the odd chance where you could maybe rest him for a game would be would be massive for him and the squad as a whole, so so the more options the better really, so hopefully Keita can sort of get in the squad for tomorrow and then, um, yeah, if you can get some minutes off the bench, I think it's a big positive because You just need as many players as possible during the season because it has been utterly relentless and and though it eases slightly in the next couple of weeks, it picks back up again soon if you you carry on in the Champions League and the league league schedule doesn't get any easier either. So, uh, yeah, they need him back.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. A really talented player. Hopefully it does work out for him sooner rather than later at Liverpool. But we will conclude then with our team selections. Dan, I'll come to you first. I think given now that we know Alisson is fit, he'll be in goal, but... There's a couple of questions, I think, to, to be answered along the back four. Are you going to stick or, or twist from Tuesday night?
0: Um, I think I'm going to stick. I mean, as I said earlier, I, I do. I would like to see Kabak and Davis try as a pair. You know, I think that was the whole point of, you know, if, I think I'm, I'm not alone in feeling it, it, it would have been better if they'd done it at the start of January rather than the end of January. But, it, it, you know, we are where we are. We've got them in. There's still, what, a third of the season to go. Um, I, but I don't feel a Merseyside derby against, you know, an Everson who fancied their chances is 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 the right time to throw them in. So, yeah, Kabak and Henderson continue at centre-back with, with Trent and Robo in the full-back positions. Um, in midfield, I absolutely agree 100% that Curtis Jones has to start. Um, he has been one of the absolute shining lights of this very, very difficult season for Liverpool. Um, and, you know... What he did against against the Blues in the FA Cup last season was one of the absolute highlights of you know a season full of them. As far as I was concerned, it was a privilege to be in the ground that day, um, and I'm sure he'll be you know for for a local lad he'll be. Buffed. Don't don't think he started a derby before, has he? I'm not sure if he's if he's even been, you know, a league derby rather. Um, so I'm sure he'll he'll be bursting the seams to get involved in that. Thiago, I agree with 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 what Lynchy said there. I think you know we're starting to see the signs of the player we you know, we thought we were getting. Um, obviously, he's, he's had a very unfortunate start to his Liverpool career. Uh, he even put in a couple of decent tackles, I thought, on Tuesday night. There's been a lot said about his tackling, mm-hmm. and some of it, you know, I think it's fair to say, has left, left something to be desired. But you know, if, particularly for a player that's played most of his career in Spain and Germany, he's going to take time to adjust the pace of the English game. Maybe that's inevitable. So he so he, he continues for me. And then it's a question of Wijnaldum or Milner. Um, and I, I'm going to plump for... Pump for Junior to continue. Um, I always think Milner's a great first sub. Whatever the state of the game, whether you're winning, losing, or, or drawing, you're always happy to, to introduce somebody like him. I think um, James the- Milner might be injured, is he not, Dan? Yeah,
3: he? he's still, still out with a hamstring injury, yeah. So he's not, not even. I think it's very much a team that sort of picks
0: itself in that sense. Of course, he, he, he went off injured early on at Leicester, didn't he, on Saturday. Um, I tried, tried to block most of Saturday out of my mind, in that defense. Um, And the front, the front three is the front three is the front three. You know, starting to show signs of getting back to the best. I mean, you know, that the, the goal at Leicester was an absolute masterpiece, wasn't it? You know, in, in all the wonderful football they've played over the last three or four years, we haven't seen too many things better than that. And it's a shame it'll be kind of forever lost to history to some... Degree because of what happened afterwards but if those three can get to anything like the levels we know they're capable of this season can still deliver an awful lot for Liverpool Go
1: still I'll come to you next I mean the the question for me really would be can you afford to to put Ben Davis into that defence I think there is an argument for it when you consider how mobile the likes of Calvert-Lewin are I think potentially someone like him who from what we've heard is, is a more faster player across the ground he's maybe one of those that that might be able to to sweep up a little bit better than henderson or uh, or Ozan kabak is there an argument at all for that or would that almost be a little bit unfair on him to to put him in in a game this big
2: yeah i, I, I think it would i mean i, I think he's got a big part to play between now and the end of the season i just think maybe it'll it'll come next um just think it's it's just a massive risk isn't it throwing someone in who's spent a career in on loan in in Leagues 1 and 2 and then most of his career in the Championship to step up to Liverpool and then be thrown into a mid-side derby that's so important. So I think hang fire on Ben Davis for for another week or so and um, just leave Henderson in there because, um, and this hasn't really put a foot wrong at centre-back, as you mean, we'd all like to see him in midfield, but it's a similar situation to Fabinho where he's, he's dependable enough and I think Fabinho, to be fair, has probably been Liverpool's player of the season alongside Salah in terms of um, overcoming the that obstacle of just adjusting to being a centre back for the season, uh, so th- I think that the big thing for Liverpool was not having him available. So um, I think Henderson's got to go in ahead of Ben Davis because the alternative is is for Curtis Jones to play, which uh, you know at the moment he's he's in great form. So um, I'm happy enough with that midfield three, and Liverpool for me will, will be unchanged. And, and as we say there, that's pretty much down to the fact that they haven't really got too many other options. I think the only other potential realistic option would be Curtis Jones for Oxlade-Chamberlain, but he hasn't really done enough for me this season, so I'm sticking with Jones.
1: Is there any case for for you, David, in in terms of Oxlade-Chamberlain? Obviously, Naby Keita, we don't expect to be able to start. If he can play a part, it's going to be off the bench, I would imagine, but there's not too many options for for Jurgen Klopp to, to make. But is there maybe an argument for Chamberlain? I think maybe last
3: season at some point she would have said possibly you could have got him in. I think Klopp would have liked to have put him in more last season than he did. Um but, but this time around it seems to have, you know, when this, this drop of form has happened sort of they seem to lose a little bit of faith in him, doesn't seem to, you know, particularly want to start him in games recently, which is um it's a shame really because, you know, we we know when he's at his best he's um You know, he can be a destructive force in that midfield in terms of coming forward first from deep and and in a way that a lot of Liverpool's midfielders don't really do. A lot of the other ones, really, he's he's quite different like that. Um, But maybe that makes him suited to sort of coming off the bench if you're looking for a goal late on. You know, maybe that's going to be his role. Just on um, Davis, I, I actually wonder with him where you make the case where he makes a start for Liverpool until the end of the season now. They've had so many problems with um, consistency at the back because of the injuries, obviously, and um, you're going to name an 18th centre-back partnership, aren't you, when, when Fabinho comes back and you, you hope that he will then be the long-term partner to go back until the end of the season. But if, if the aim is to get that partnership going, then um, what games you ever give Ben Davis a, a, a debut in, really? It's sort of hard to see how he makes an impact before the end of the season, unless it's off the bench and, you know, obviously you don't tend to use defenders in that way. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think, I think the key will be for Klopp is to keep things as consistent as possible. Get Kabak in there for another game. Um, obviously, use Henderson there for now until Fabinho is back and, and just try and get some consistency going. So um, it might be, might be a bit of a weird one until the end of the season for Ben Davis, I think. And I think um, in terms of the team for, for this weekend, you just you stick with the same 11 that, that beat Leipzig.
1: Yeah, full week, of course, before the next match. Sheffield United, I think, isn't it? Next weekend. So, no midweek game for once for Liverpool. Just before we finish, then, we'll do some match predictions. I've not predicted a Liverpool win for a few weeks, it seems, but I am going to go for them on this occasion. I'm going to go for a 2-1. Gorsdi, I'll come to you first on this one. Are you optimistic?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, not not as much as it normally would be on Anfield against Everton, Um but yeah, I think Liverpool will win. I think it might just come down to Salah 1-0 and for an extra good measure, it'll be from the penalty spot.
1: Excellent. I take that certainly. Dan, what about you? How do you see mm. it going? 3-2 to Liverpool. Oh, a big game. Any uh, just... any comebacks or how, how do you see that one panning out?
0: Well, I am not. I just think there'll be goals. I think, you know, where Everton, Everton having a, a decent season, but they've, they've had a, a bit of a sticky spell. They've shown some vulnerability themselves at the back. They're going to be without Yerry Mina, who's been a big presence for them this season. We picked up an injury in midweek. Obviously, we know about Liverpool's defensive frailties. And, you know, watching them against Man City in the week, you know, they, they did pretty well for now and caused City a few problems up front. So, you know, I'd love to think Liverpool can keep a clean sheet, but I wouldn't be betting on it. But I'm going for Liverpool's desire to write even if Jurgen Klopp won't say I will, to right the wrongs of last October at Goodison, will come to the fore and we'll edge it hopefully with a, 97 minutes offside handball dodgy <laughs> goal that wasn't over the line. <laughs> again, I'd certainly take it.
1: David, how do you see it panning out? No?
3: Yeah, I think um, I can see Everton scoring. I think, again, clean sheet up against Calvert is going to be difficult. He's such a threat, really good player. Um, so maybe Everton will get a goal, but I think Liverpool will be absolutely desperate to win this, fans or no fans in the ground. I think uh, you maybe, maybe get a couple in 2 1 to Liverpool for me.
1: Yes, certainly. Wins all round then for Liverpool today. That just about brings us to the end of today's podcast. We'll be back with the next Blood Red podcast on Monday. Looking back at the Merseyside derby, of course, and hopefully a Reds win. For now, though, from myself, Matt Addison, from Paul Gorst, from Dan Kay and from David Lynch. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And until next time, it's goodbye for now.
0: You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.